now. From the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and we're so happy you're joining us. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy given the current pandemic situation. This is episode 557, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. Fall is here, everybody, and other than Christmas, this is our family's favorite holiday, and we know that during fall comes Halloween. It'll be here before we know it. So the spirit of Halloween, we thought that we would dedicate this episode to a Disney movie that's our family favorite and was initially not a box office favorite at all, and that is Hocus Pocus. It is a cult classic at this point, even though that's not how it started out. Yes, our family does love this movie, and we will watch it tons of times in the fall, whenever it's on TV. And one of the reasons it's attributed to the movie's initial lackluster reception at the box office was its release date, which was in the summer. It was in July, which is strange. July 16th, 1993 was when it released in theaters. And I don't really know what they were thinking for that release date, but that probably added to the fact that people didn't want to go see a Halloween movie in July. Now, given that the movie is 27 years old now, it's been shown on TV tons of times and it just seems to get better and better each year. The director was Kenny Ortega of High School Musical fame and the producer was David Kirshner. It has really become more popular than it originally was at the box office and more and more generations are watching it now and falling in love with it. Ironically, though, a lot of Kaylee's and Joey's friends have never seen this movie, so I feel like the reason that it's a family favorite of ours is because of me and Brad. The first segment is a music segment. We'll each choose our favorite song from the movie, and we'll pause to play a short clip of those. Then we'll move on and discuss a few tidbits that you might not know about the original movie from an October 2019 article published on ScreenRant.com. And finally, we'll transition into a conversation about the latest rumors and plans we've heard about a potential Hocus Pocus 2 sequel. The first segment, Mom, why don't you start us off today? What's your favorite song from the movie? So my favorite song is Come Little Children, which is the song that Sarah sings in the movie. And I just love that she's so crazy. That character of her, played by Sarah Jessica Parker is crazy and that she's trying to lure these children. And I think that because I've watched Sarah Jessica Parker movies over the years, that's such a diverse character for her is the reason that I loved watching it and I love that song. And I will admittedly tell you that I say this more than I realize or I sing parts of this song when I'm at school. In fact, yesterday I caught myself doing it at parent pickup. When I got done, I was telling the children to come quickly. And so I was singing, come little children. So Kaylee, what is your favorite song from this movie? Mine is also Come Little Children for different reasons though. I like Sarah 
Sarah Jessica Parker just fine, but like she's not the selling point for this song, for me at least. Um, she does it well. This song has really interesting chord progressions, more so than the other songs in the movie. And my family's looking at me like I'm crazy, but it does. No, it's just you. It very much is me. The chord progressions are nice and it's got a really dark meaning behind it. And in the movie, obviously, the whole point is she's drawing them in so they can take their lives and then stay younger. But the original version is like even more scary where it talks about like coming pretty much into the hands of death. Like it sounds pretty, but it's really actually like a scary message. But I like the contrast. All right, Joey, do you share our opinion? Well, I do love that song. I don't think it can compare to I Put a Spell on You. It's too iconic for me to just pick it over Come Little Children. For me, Come Little Children doesn't feel like a full song. It kind of just feels like it feels like they wrote a chorus for a song and then that was it. They just gave up after the chorus. And while it's really good, it feels incomplete if you were to just listen to it. Whereas I Put a Spell on You is very much a full length song. And it's it's very iconic, especially the way it is introduced into the movie, because this movie is not a musical. These two songs are pretty much the only two songs. So it was kind of weird to just have a full-on like musical production in the middle of the movie. It was kind of unexpected. Well, Come Little Children actually does have a full version, and I'm not sure if it was written before or after the movie, but the original words are not Into My Garden of Magic. The original words are Into My Garden of Shadows. Interesting. And it has like... I think three verses, three choruses, like, it's a long song. So do you know if that song was written for the movie? I'm not sure. She could Google it while we're listening. Okay. So now that you know our favorites, we're going to listen to a short clip of each one of them. We're going to start with mine and Kaylee's favorite, Come Little Children, also known as Sarah's Theme. After looking it up, apparently this full version was, um, the it's a popular version, but it's actually a cover by a person named Erutan, I believe that's how you pronounce it, in 2009. And this song is actually referred to as Garden of Shadows. As I said, those are the words that are sung in this full version. And it was written um, off of the original. So... The original in Hocus Pocus was for Hocus Pocus, but then there are many different covers that people have extended it and written more lyrics for it. And now for the other favorite, which is Joey's, I Put a Spell on You, which is iconic in the movie, I feel like, because 
she's able to get the whole crowd to sing with her uh, incantation to get them to stay awake so that they can't fall asleep. So now we're going to move into the second segment of the show, which is about the little known tidbits about the original movie that maybe you did not know. So Joey, can you start us for that? First fact that I'm going to give out is that it all started out as a bedtime story. Back in 2013, the gang of Pocus Pocus gathered together for a 20th anniversary screening of the Disney favorite. During a panel, producer David Kirshner mentioned how he came up with the idea of Pocus Pocus and it actually began as a bedtime story to his daughters. Hocus Pocus went from a child's bedtime tale to a short story published in a magazine turned into a major movie that's watched time and time again when fall comes. That's pretty awesome. I don't think that I ever heard that before. And I'm not sure that I would tell you that as a bedtime story. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how encouraging that is to fall asleep to. These kids would be afraid to go to sleep for someone's going to come and take them. Go to sleep or the singing lady will draw you in. So uh, the second fact that we're going to tell you is that Sarah Jessica Parker is actually related to a witch from Salem. It's kind of crazy to think about Sex and the City, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah the Witch in Hocus Pocus. They're two completely different characters. Um, She is talented, though. She pulled it off playing a witch coming back from the dead to a Manhattan writer who writes about relationships. And as it turns out, Sarah Jessica Parker's connection to Hocus Pocus was deeper than most of the other characters because years after filming the movie, she learned about her heritage and found out that one of her ancestors actually died during the Salem witch trials after being accused in 1692. Could it be her ancestor's ghost who led her to the role in Hocus Pocus? We don't know. That's not really what I believe, but I'm sure somebody out there believes that. That's wild. I don't know a lot about the Salem witch trials, but it's crazy. It is one thing I remember from school, though, and I don't know why. I think we must have talked about it a lot. I actually found that there was a massive amount of LSD found in the water in Salem back at the time, so the whole town might have been hallucinating. What a riot. That would just ruin it for everybody. (laughs) Fact number three about things you may not have known is that Thackeray Binks actually has two voices. So Thackeray Binks played a large role in Hocus Pocus. The film actually begins with him sacrificing himself to save his sister, but it was too late. And after the Sanderson sisters took her soul, they turned Thackeray into a black cat that would live for eternity. Year after year, Thackeray couldn't be reunited with his deceased family because he was too busy living the life of a cat. And 
Listen a little closer the next time you watch this movie because two people play Thackeray. According to Insider, Sean Murray portrayed Thackeray's human body and actor James Marsden voiced Thackeray the cat. That's crazy. Because that was before James Marsden was a thing. That's crazy. Is that true? Like, I've heard no difference between the voices, and I'm pretty good at distinguishing that stuff. I'm also very good at distinguishing voices, and I I wouldn't have called that one. Especially not James Marsden. He's from 27 Dresses and Hairspray, uh, and, and I can't yeah, even remember yeah. all of the roles. He's had a lot of roles, and wow, he must have been young. Yeah, like, really young. Gonna have to go back and listen to this. Thanks for puzzling us, Brad. So this is very interesting. I actually knew this fact. Uh, we, Kaylee and I were talking about this before, and that is that Leonardo DiCaprio almost played Max and Rosie O'Donnell almost played Mary. Leonardo DiCaprio in an interview said that he was offered more money than he ever dreamed of, but decided to pursue the role of What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which is also an amazing film, but I don't think is well known as Hocus Pocus. And also, Kathy Najima plays Mary Sanderson, but it was almost going to go to Rosie O'Donnell, who got the part. So Rosie O'Donnell turned it down because she didn't feel right about being a witch who murdered children. But as we can see, Kathy Najima nailed that role. Uh, I think seeing Rosie O'Donnell play Mary, I think that would be very interesting to see, like, at least like a just a table read of what that would look like, because I really want to, I think Rosie O'Donnell could play that role. I don't know if she'd play it the same, but I think she could definitely do very well with that role. But with Max, I don't know. I feel, I, I feel like the only person I could see is the original actor for him just because I've seen the movie so much. But Mary, I could definitely see Rosie O'Donnell playing that very well. I'd be fine with Leonardo DiCaprio. That'd make it more reason to watch young Leonardo DiCaprio. But I actually disagree, Joey. I don't think she would have done... I agree with the fact that she wouldn't have played the role the same. But in a way, I like that Bette Midler's character is so annoyed with her sisters because they're just stupid like in different ways but rosie o'donnell doesn't really play any sort of role like that in anything else she's more of the character that would be like what bet midler did which was like you guys are stupid like that's more of her attitude and like everything she plays at least that i've seen her in so i don't know that it would have been the same with her being like I smell a child, and then she's like, what does thou call that? And she's like, a child. Just like a, such a ditzy role. I don't think Rosie O'Donnell would have done that. And I disagree, because I don't think you've seen this movie. That was what I was going to talk about, was she plays Betty in Fred Flintstone. Or when the Flintstone movie came out, you need to watch her in that, because she's a dingbat. Like, it's what the um, society would call a ditzy blonde, the Betty character. She's like the... What you don't like is the housewife of the 50s where they like bowed to their spouses and that's how Wilma and Betty were because Fred and Barney were their everything and they would greet them with their slippers and pipe. Not exactly, but you know what I'm saying. What you don't think should have ever happened. Uh, She played that role. And I got to say, before I saw her in that role, I was thinking, ooh, can she pull that off? But she did. It It was very funny. But again, you haven't seen that movie, so you wouldn't know that. Moving on to our fifth fact, we can take a look at how each witch rides her broom. One of the greatest aspects of Hocus Pocus is how different each Sanderson sister is. Both Mary and Sarah seem to cater to Winifred because she's the unspoken leader of the pack, but they all have their quirks. 
Winifred is bad to the bone, the sister with all the ideas. Sarah is boy crazy and seems to miss the touch of a man. And Mary seems to be more of the emotional ditzy one. Coincidentally, that's also how they fly their brooms. The movie's choreographer suggested each Sanderson sister fly their broom with their own personality. Winifred is pretty strong-handed. Sarah knows her love of flight while flying whimsically, and Mary flies with more caution. I can see that. I know, I'm trying to picture it. I almost wish, like, we could show the listeners. I can picture it, because, like, Winifred almost looks like she's hunting, which is what they're doing, but she's very much, like, on a mission. She knows what's up. Like, that's what they're doing. Sarah is, like, legit someone with ADHD where she's just like not touching the broom with her arms. No, she's, she's touching. She's definitely touching the broom well, with her arms. she's touching it, but like she just kind of like is everywhere but there. Like her mind is floating elsewhere. And then Mary is like holding on almost like and so tense. Like that's what she looks like the whole time. Fact number six, Satan and his wife are actually brother and sister. It's Halloween night and the Sanderson sisters believe they're in the company of Satan himself when they see him passing out candy. After being welcomed into his home, the sisters treat him with the utmost respect, which he adores, but his wife, on the other hand, isn't buying it. In real life, the devil and his mistress are actually brother and sister, Gary and Penny Marshall, which I did know that. I did this. I did know this too, and I watched it the other night, and I was telling Kaylee that I was sad because they're both gone now, and they were such talented, both actors, actor, actress, and director and producer. So the seventh thing that we're going to talk about is the moths. Sweet Billy Butcherson used to date Winifred when he was alive, but was poisoned with his mouth sewn together. So when she found out he was sleeping with her own sister, Sarah, while the kids in the film thought that Billy was out to get them, he was actually just trying to get back at Winifred in the movie. And so when he wakes up from the dead and he's not able to speak, he coughs up moss. The actor Doug Jones was actually instructed to have real moss in his throat to make it look as authentic as possible. The crew created a moth-filled pouch that Doug would put in his mouth, and when he opened his mouth, the pouch would open and the moss would fly out. Gross. Is that what that is when he opens his mouth and starts, like, spitting around? I, I didn't know. I thought that was supposed to be, like, part of the skin that got ripped off when he cut the stitches up that he that sewed his mouth together. I did know this because we watched that anniversary special a couple of years ago, and that's where I saw that. However, if she sewed his mouth closed, how the heck did moths get in? Nose. Oh, okay. I wasn't thinking like that. The thing I'm thinking of is like, I haven't watched that scene in a while because this year I haven't watched the movie all the way through. It's been on, but I haven't sat and watched it. Um, but he... For him having to go through that, I don't think it looked like mods. Like, it didn't look real, and it was. <laughs> That's so sad. I thought it was mods, but I've watched that movie so many, I mean, hundreds of times. It almost looked like just ripped up pieces of paper. Like, well, now you know. Moving on to our eighth fact, actress Thora Birch played Max's younger sister, Danny, in Hocus Pocus. She was filled with life and loved that she was going trick-or-treating in a new town with her older brother, Max. On Halloween night, she and Max stopped by Allison's home for some candy. The house had a shining moment in the film because of how big and beautiful it was. Years later, Thora Birch appeared in the movie American Beauty where the same house was used again. But this time around, Birch's character wasn't visiting the home, she was living in it. It's ironic how some things in Hollywood come full circle. Well, that is weird. Um, I was trying to think. There was something that we were watching. Oh, um, how sets become used for other things 
we've seen several shows over time. I know what we were watching the other day. We were watching Cobra Kai and the house that they are using. It's turned around a little bit, but it's the house from Beverly Hills 90210. And uh, that is pretty cool to see the different things that happen with Hollywood and how they use the same things again, but they're able to remake it. So it's something to fit another scene. When we first started watching Girl Meets World, um, they definitely reused the set from Shake It Up. It was oh, okay. like their their main the, the girls' room where they have that the bay window. That's definitely a reused scene from of uh, set from one of the rooms in Shake It Up, and I think it was reused from a different show before that. Cool. Okay, heading into our last segment for today's show, which is the latest rumors and plans for a new movie. How about you go ahead, Kaylee, and get us started? We're gonna start with what we know for sure. The official title of this movie will be Hocus Pocus 2. And those hoping to get dressed up for a midnight premiere will be disappointed as it is being made exclusively for Disney Plus, just like Mulan was. Here are the rumors and speculation that we know so far. We know that there is going to be one, but in by fall of 2019, we didn't know what shape it was going to take. Some expected an altogether reboot rather than just a delayed sequel to the original. However, the writers that set to pin the script was tasked with somehow bringing back the three original stars, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najima, to their original roles if he possibly could. So Mick Garris, the writer of the original Hocus Pocus, is not involved in the sequel, but has hinted that the original trio was going to return, saying that he heard that it was going to happen. So it appears that the goal is to have the trio of actresses reprise their original roles, which would qualify the movie as a sequel rather than just a reboot with new actresses and new characters. For the parts of Midler and Najimi, both appear to be on board for the sequel, but we're not sure about Sarah Jessica Parker. But here's some quotes that we have been able to confirm. So Bette Midler said, oh my goodness me, I hope they get to me before I'm a corpse. And she also said, we want to fly again. I hope Disney Plus is a big success and I hope we get to do it because Winifred Sanderson is, of course, one of my most favorite characters. And then Kathy Najima was a little bit restrained, but still seemed on board. She was heard to say, I think it would be so great to do a cameo. I think that would be really fun. So it didn't sound like she was as much on board to play the full on ditzy character that we love her for as Bette was being Winifred the bossy sister. Focus Focus 2 will be directed by Adam Shankman, best known for his movie adaptation of Hairspray. However, he's also working on pre-production for an Enchanted sequel called Disenchanted. So will Hocus Pocus 2 or Disenchanted go into actual production first? Who knows? The verdict is still out. We'll just have to wait and see. Another potential reprise role is Doug Jones, who played Billy Butcherson in the original. Here's a quote from him about the sequel. So I'm just going to keep my knees bent and be ready in case they call. I think it'd be cool to have him back. It'll be interesting to see. He wouldn't have to do the moths this time. (laughs) Hopefully not. Well, we have no idea what the plot would be for Hocus Pocus 2, but the first film did lay some original groundwork for the resurrection that could be a sequel. Spoiler alert if you have not seen the first film. The original movie ends with the magic book winking its eye, proving that it's still alive and that the witches could return. So they could use that as a launching point for the sequel, but that's just a complete guess. And we'll just have to see where they take the storyline. I hope it's not too far-fetched from the original. When will Hocus Pocus 2 be available to us on Disney Plus? Unfortunately, there is no release date for this. 
uh, and given that it has only recently found a director, who knows? Unfortunately, we're probably a long way away from seeing even a trailer of what's going to be going on, but I am anxiously awaiting this second movie regardless and um, can't wait for Disney Plus to put it on. I'm cautiously optimistic about this sequel because I've seen some pretty bad sequels recently, but I really want this one to be good. And I've got, I think it could be really good if they do it right. I think it depends on whatever direction the director decides to take, which could be good, could be bad. I'm kind of surprised. I'm wondering if they asked Kenny Ortega to come back and he turned it down because he's still very active in on Disney Channel with all that stuff. He's still choreographing for that, the newer movies and stuff, which I will say are not as good, but I can't say the choreography's bad. I think they could totally have Max and Allison married with their own children now. It's Disney. Anything can happen. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our little walk down Hocus Pocus Lane as we brought some facts to you and some rumors and gave you a little insight. If you've never watched that movie, I really would encourage you to watch it as a family at least a couple times. I know some people watch it the first time and they're like, what the heck is this movie? But it grows on you every time you watch it. It's like a good book. Uh, It gets better every time you read it. Well, it's the same thing with a movie. It gets better every time I see something different or I I enjoy a different part of the movie every time I watch it. So uh, I would say, give it a chance. It's Halloween. You want to do something for Halloween. A few final reminders, though, before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, text us at 636-373-4497 or contact us at vicky, V-I-C-K-I-E dot black at yourstorytravel.com. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com or our Facebook page, The Mousecapade Podcast, and our Twitter account, at Mousecapades Pod. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish out the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, family, I think it's about that time. Disney love. No capes. And pixie dust. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>